0: Good to see you all and we welcome you who are here all the time. We welcome those who we can't see but they can see us. I'm talking about folks who are paying attention online and worshiping by using the website that Bob curates. Also uh, any who are visiting, we welcome you and I will hasten to add, when it comes time for communion, you're in so just so you know. This is the seventh Sunday of Easter, and we're anticipating, and yet it's already here, that notion of the Spirit of God drawing alongside us and being with us. Uh, Next week, of course, being the day of and Sunday of Pentecost. Today is a little... I don't know, it's like we're time traveling or something because the gospel reading happens before Jesus has ascended. And yet, in church land, and as far as what we're doing that way, we've already had the Day of Ascension on Thursday. So, I hope we can pull it together somehow. I'll let God worry about that. I will say, however, that... Today's gospel text is about one of the most heartfelt desires that Jesus expresses in the form of a prayer. That all would be one as he and God, the one who sent him, are one. gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up into heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people. To give life to all whom you have given him and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent glorified you on the earth by finishing the work you gave me to do so now father glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave me I've given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. that you have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. The Gospel of our Lord. Won't you be seated? Grace, peace, and mercy be with you. Evidently, this prayer is Jesus' heart's desire. That all would be one, even as Jesus is one with the God who sent him into the world that God so loves. Sounds like a road trip to me. Hey, that would be really apt, wouldn't it, on a long weekend? Ah, uh-huh. parents, do you remember? And one of you will soon experience this phenomenon on a long road trip. Maybe the gas tank is still three-quarters full, and what will the children say as they get bored? It's four magic words. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We didn't even leave the driveway yet. <laughs> we didn't even leave the driveway. So now you know the dumb joke that I tell to Sharon whenever we travel, and she is so lovely and tolerant, and she laughs every time, even though it's kind of a lame joke, but Yeah, are we there yet? Um, No. But here's the sermon in two chunks because, well, I prepared something that you can read and it's online and I think it hangs together, but there's some stuff I want to tell you. So it's going to end up going off the rails. so please just hang on tight. But here's the sermon in a nutshell. We're not there yet. God's going to get us there. How about that? Okay, so if you can hang on to that, the rest of this just might work. We hope. We are not there yet. Quiz time. Some of you might have read ahead, but according to the Global Religious Studies Group, take a wild guess about how many Christian denominations there are in the world. There are no penalties for wrong guesses. Ah, come on. 50? Ah. What if I were to tell you 45,000? Yeah. I know, right? And you think that even in Jesus' time, oh, everything was all nice and uniform. Oh, no. There were four distinct branches of Judaism already. And remember our friends the Samaritans? This whole oneness thing, I don't know. I don't think we're there yet. In fact, I could harp on that a while if you want. I mean, Methodists aren't hanging out with Methodists anymore. And then there are the Lutherans. They don't all go to the same communion table. Just saying. Because we're in church, I'm going to tell you the truth. There are some people who wave the Christian banner around, I don't think I want to share the backseat with on this road trip. I know. But you're the pastor. You're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to be friendly. Come on. I'm sorry, but there are people waving the Christian banner who think that white people are supposed to be above everybody else. There are churches that Systematically, and even in their doctrine, discriminate against women, against people of color, against people who are LGBTQ, and I'm supposed to sit in the back seat with them. I'm sorry, but I'm only human and I'm not doing it. We're not there yet. But God plays the long game. And it's God who's going to get us there. I mean, you heard the prayer. But come on, let's be a little honest because, hey, we're in church. That was not a written transcript of Jesus' prayer verbatim. Now hold on to your seat for a minute because that prayer was probably written some 60 years after Jesus lived on earth. Now, that's not to say that this is not Jesus' heart's desire, not his prayer. It's just that it's had 60 years to filter through a community that felt pretty tossed out. And maybe they still remembered how divided the initial disciples were. They knew we aren't there yet. But they had faith that God was going to get us there And so Jesus' prayer that all would be one and that, yes, Jesus did, by ascending, do all that God had sent him to do and sent a spirit of God to be in our midst even still. That long game, if you want, let's go back to the prophets. Do you remember the one about the lion and the lamb laying down together? St. Paul would say that We're like a body. He didn't say that because he was feeling homiletical. He was trying to referee fights. (laughs) Come on, people. Pull it together. You're the body here. This oneness might be an elusive thing that doesn't mean that it's never going to happen because God is the God of the long game here's the bonus material and where things get off the rails and it's time for another quiz when we sing now the feast and celebration or we sing this is the feast, a victory for our God where on earth do we get that? hymnal, well, you dope pay attention, come on Think about this. The book of Revelation, this grand vision, trying to encourage people to stand up against the currents of an oppressive empire. And there's this vision of all creation and people of every imaginable place and time and type and size. And all these creatures... All tears have been wiped away and they're around the presence of God and they lift their voices together. Now the feast. Worthy is Christ who made us these people of God. It's in the Bible. But see, knowing where we're headed that might help us because we know we just flat ain't there in fact it may well be that we're off in the borrow pit trying to get a tire change because well, we're derailed but we know where we're going I've had a long week and I'm tired and I'm cranky and a little weird. That's probably coming out in the sermon. So, here's the third quiz of the day. Anybody know without reading ahead, what the largest living organism is on earth? Oh, some of you are working on this. You might have heard it on National Public Radio, which is where I'm getting it. And then I did a Google web search, so I've got fun things to tell you. About Pando. Uh Aha! some of you remember. Right? Yeah. It is a single male quaking aspen tree in Utah. Oh, my science guy back there, you're going to love this. 108 acres worth. A root... Estimated to be as old as 14,000 years old. 47,000 individual trunks. That blows my mind before I even try to put it in a sermon. I just drive around with that and think, wow. I live in a planet where that goes on? That is amazing. Amazing. but to sermonize on it a bit and to stretch this a little (laughs) you have this ancient root a single root from where all of this life springs might that help us get our heads around maybe where God is taking us where God is taking the world? I think about this all be one thing, and from my frame of reference, it looks impossible. And yet, God ain't done. Because there is that heartfelt desire that Jesus, the embodiment of God, has that would bring us together. And so maybe Jesus' prayer, it does a couple of things. It reminds us of where we're headed. And it also teaches us that it is the root of God's love that will get us there.